At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. This episode of Blue Breakaway is brought to you by you, the listener. Patreon.com slash Blue Breakaway. The season is here. Camp is opening. Preseason game next week. Versus the Islanders, very exciting. We have Molly Walker of the New York Post to discuss all those things with us and more. All those things and more. That's what Rangers season means to me, my love. All improv here on the Blue Shirts Breakaway podcast. Okay, enough of that. Let's get to Mark Messier and get to the show. But again, one more thing. If you want to support the show, patreon.com slash Blue Shirts Breakaway. BSB is OTs, our wonderful Discord Q&A is coming back. Gambling with Greg, a bunch of more other stuff. I just, I just love you all. I'm just happy to have... The true love and suffering in my life back. The New York Rangers. Here we go. Mark Messier. Hi, everybody. It's Mark Messier. And you're listening to Blue Shirts Breakaway, the number one Rangers podcast. Bushwick fans, welcome to the week of the Bushwick Breakaway. I am your host, Ryan Mead, here for the opening week of camp. I'm here with my good friend Gregory, where we'll only talk about the New York Rangers. Greg, say hello. It has been 96 hours, and I cannot stop thinking about the end of US UCF. <laughs> I didn't, I don't watch college football or care at all. Uh, I guess you have to explain to me what happened. Oh my god, uh, your boy famously had the Louisville money line. Louisville tie game late in the end of the fourth quarter. Louisville's driving down the field on third down inexplicably. They throw the ball when they're already in field goal range. It gets tipped and intercepted, and UCF takes it to uh, Louisville territory where they're now in field goal range. And UCF on first down inexplicably throws the ball, and it gets tipped and returned for a pick six. That's unbelievable. Back-to-back plays. Uh, it's, the only way I that's just, better I, is I was it watching it, and I didn't understand it. what was happening, and all I knew was I now had money. There you go. Congrats. I, I, I'm proud of you for having money. Uh, Gus Johnson was my highlight of the weekend outside of... Uh, oh, my God. I, if <laughs> I, The amount of times yesterday I said that I wish I knew Gus Johnson was calling this Cardinals-Vikings game because I would have pounded the over, unlimited. At I, least 75 I, times. I, I wish said. they would pay some obscene amount of money to have Gus Johnson call one hockey game. Just one. I just want to hear what it's like. I'm sure it's like, absolutely Gus Johnson opening night when there are going to be 12 fights between the Rangers and the Capitals. Here's yeah, my, here's I'm, my I'm dream good. booth for opening night if it's not Sam. Because I know I don't want to make everyone depressed. I love Sam, okay? Uh, Jim Ross and, <laughs> and Gus Johnson. Jim Ross, WWE legend, of course, now with AEW. And then, uh, and then Gus Johnson. Perfect, perfect booth. Well, you know, the good, the good news with that is Jim Ross is in the TNT family. Oh, so it's possible. Crossover. We just we just got to – Fox has to let Gus Johnson out of the bag for one night. Oh, this – we got to start a petition. <laughs> we gotta, uh, we'll figure it out. Anywho, uh, there is not a lot of storylines going into the season right now. We do talk about a lot of them with our good friend Molly Walker on the show. She comes on in about, I don't know, 20, 20, 20 minutes from now in this situation. But I asked, because I needed content desperately for this show, what people would what, – or rather, what questions – people had going into camp can you guess any of them i'm sure you can guess, guess um, all of them who will be the winger playing what will the top six look like yeah, will yeah, philip yeah, yeah, yeah. be a top six forward is niels lundquist going to win the job out of camp if it's not niels lundquist who is it it who is it who is patrick nemeth is he a new york <laughs> ranger Does he exist? will morgan Barron make the team out yes. of camp 
Uh, will Alexander Georgiev? So many casting questions too, and yeah. I just we've just been reporting for seven months straight that it's Jacob Truba. Yeah, I don't know what else to tell people at this point. It should like, be Chris Kreider. It, it should be Chris Kreider. If it's Kreider. not Jacob Truba, it's Chris Kreider. It's a two-horse race. Yeah. It, it's one of them. And all I will say is you see a lot more of Jacob Truba in New York Rangers social media posts than you do Chris Kreider. Chris Kreider that is, is more captain-like. He shows up a little bit more, but they are clearly pushing Jacob Truba. There's no yeah, doubt about does it. Chris, does Chris Kreider have time to show up to prospect camp because he doesn't? have captain responsibilities like Jacob Truba does, where Jacob Truba's doing 16 photo shoots with the Rangers social media team at any given time. Yeah, people are asking. That's yeah. it. All I'm saying, guys, it's it, this is one of those things where you're thinking too hard. You really are. It, it's, I would bet, I would put the odds at about minus 450 that it's Jacob Truba, and I'd put Kreider at about plus 325, Yeah, the- and then I will give you the field at six to one, and the field that. is the field is Mika and Fox, and that's it. The field, the the field, Ryan is the entire fucking team. I know it's it Dryden, is. goddamn Hunt in the field <laughs> to be captain. The, I haven't heard much else, about Dryden literally this year. Literally everybody else six to one. It'll be Jacob Trouba. Right. You just have to pay attention to the context clues. That's exactly it. I'm right there with you, bud. Uh, so let's let's read some of the questions, and we'll answer some of them honestly, but and rather quickly at the same time. This is from Larry Bubbs. Why did we only find out today that Lafreniere has played for the Rangers before? What the hell? I, that was the wrong question. I'm so sorry. This is for Travis Leone. What does this team need to make the playoffs this year? What are the players? De- uh, what are the players' developments, acquisitions, etc.? I think uh, uh, we're we're just saying Eichel's not a Ranger. That's it. As for this podcast, we're not saying it's not happening, but all the questions we answer is Eichel doesn't become a Ranger, at least in my opinion. Uh, mm-hmm. I think I think he still can be, but just for the, this exercise. Uh, all the kids need to take a step forward. Maybe maybe not all the kids, but at least Capococco and Lafreniere need to take a step forward. And I think I'd go as far to say that the Filipino needs to also, because the center play, which is going to be the big topic of conversation heading into the season, even though we kind of like all three centers in Mika Zabinajad, Strom, and Filipino, has to be one of the strong points of this team. And I guess people just don't believe it can compete for a spot in a Stanley Cup, as a Stanley Cup team. And they're likely right to be Stanley Cup winners, uh, but that's not what we're asking. We're asking to make the playoffs. And I, I think a squad of just those three centers and the firepower the Rangers have, if Capococco and Lafreniere take the step, Adam Fox stays as is, and Igor can be the person we all think he is, there's no doubt in my mind they can make the playoffs. Absolutely. Well, we've talked about this briefly before. It's, it's essentially what the Rangers are doing by not clearly making themselves better on paper and just making themselves better in theory is they're making about a six player parlay. And these six things, it can't just, they can't just go five for six. It has to be six for six for the Rangers to really hit this. They need Capococco to not just play the level of defense responsible responsibility he had last year, but become a 50 plus point player this season. They need Lafreniere to score at least 25-plus goals. They need Keandre Miller to be the defender from the first half of the season, more more so than the defender from the second half of the season. They need Adam Fox to continue his great play. They need Jacob Truba to take on his leadership role and run with it. They need Niels Lundqvist to be not necessarily Tony D'Angelo levels offensively, but at least better than Tony D'Angelo levels defensively. They need Philip Hedl to become the at least offensively skilled center that he showed before he broke his hand and got COVID last year. Uh, and they need Ryan Strom, if he's still here, which we have no reason to assume he won't be. They need Strom to continue to be Ryan Strom. They need at least eight different things to happen internally, six of which are young players improving on their play from last season. And two of which is asking one defenseman to continue to be the best defenseman in the NHL, which might be an unfair ask, even for someone as special as Adam Fox. And one other player who again, continues to exceed all of our expectations to just continue exceeding all of our expectations. Oh, not to mention Igor Shosturkin has to stay healthy. So it's like, boy, that was a lot. What you just said, that was so many factors, but like scary. Yeah, that's the thing, though. That That is the frustration you and I have had with these New York Rangers. We have never said 
that as currently constructed, the New York Rangers can't make the playoffs. They absolutely can. But so many things have to go right. All you need to do, listen, you guys know this is a New York Mets podcast. All you have to see for a team that should make the playoffs to not make the playoffs is to see how when things aren't going well, even when the roster is correctly constructed, that's what happens. And I, as a Met fan and a Ranger fan, get frustrated when my teams don't necessarily not just build to get better, but build to support the roster they currently have in place. Now, the Rangers think they did. And kudos to them for feeling confident that they've done enough. But I just, you are betting on so much talent and so many things that have to go right that if two or three of those things don't go right, or even if they don't go catastrophically wrong, like they do whenever the Mets do anything, even if they just go not as well as we thought they would, it's going to be hard for this team to make the playoffs. Absolutely. I, I still feel pretty good about it. I, I see what you're saying, though. Let's just say Igor gets some sort of injury, right? I mean, the groin injury happened last year. The groin injuries linger. It just, it just happens with goalies. And then Shit, if he tries to drive to the grocery store. Right? <laughs> it could just be that. Ubers only, please. Uh, it, I could just That could be the situation. And then that just leaves us with Georgiev just riding that out and hoping that he, we don't let up breakaways. That, that could just be half of the season right there. So uh, let's hope that doesn't happen. But I, I can see where you're coming from, where it, all the factors kind of have to line up for everything to go right for the Rangers. Uh, Charlie C asks, who will be their, their go-to center to win face-offs? Uh, this is good, Drew, and I don't even think it's close. Uh, yes. And, it's, and he it's won't it's even be playing draw. center. So there you go. There's that. Yeah, that, that, that's one of those weird things where, like, I understand. It's almost like positionless basketball is what we really need to. Well, because Kreider took a lot of face-offs towards. last year, like a ton. But he's a yeah, winger, well, clearly. Because everybody else on the roster sucks at face-offs. Yeah, so they all suck. at some point, you have to ask someone to possibly win a face-off. But, like, with positionless basketball, we all understand that when LeBron James on the court, we'll never call him a point guard, but we'll always say things like, well, the offense flows through him. So it's like. I'd love to get to a point where at we're at positionless hockey where I don't need to classify someone as a left wing or a right wing or a left-handed defenseman or a right-handed defenseman. And I can just like essentially say a number and that's what the hockey player is that that's the world I would like to live in. Ryan, I'm going to get us um, a little dark for a second. Oh fuck. I, Jesus Christ. I know not. Actually. I was just watching dark side of the ring. The Brian Pillman story. Don't know. You really it. want to get dark. I got time. Okay. I, I don't know it, but maybe I'll watch it. It's one of those weeks for me. Uh, this is from at Sutton Mutt, and I think this is something we haven't discussed enough on the podcast, so this will be the first time. What do the New York Rangers pending free agents do, especially if this team lags out of the gate, a.k.a. do the Rangers just try and get Mika to waive his no-movement contract if they don't sign him? Do they try and trade Ryan Strom also at the deadline, leaving them only with Filipino as their only center heading out of the deadline? This is a situation that could actually happen, but yet... Uh, I don't think you and I have really discussed it much. Well, first of all, the, it seems like the Rangers would, wouldn't would mind trading Strom right now. Yeah, Forget I about mean, whether they're in <laughs> yes. it at the deadline or not. Yep. Um, I mean, if the Rangers are out of it at the deadline. There's a lot more problems. And Mika Zibanejad doesn't see himself staying in New York longer. I, I If Filipino's the only bona fide center they still have, I mean, who cares, right? Like, you're not overly worried. Morgan Barron will absolutely be given more run and leash if that's the case. And I think they would just slide Barclay Goodrow over to center and maybe Will Cooley or someone of that nature from Hartford comes up and starts playing more top nine minutes. So like, that's the thing guys, when you, when you're talking about what do the Rangers do if they're out of it? Well, if they're selling everybody off, I don't really think they care who necessarily, like if they don't have three great centers, well, they weren't playing well with three good centers to begin with. So why not just let Barron get run or move Barclay Goodrow over to center for half a season? I, that's not a big concern for me. I, do I see a scenario in which the New York Rangers are trading Mika Zibanejad at the deadline? I don't because I don't think the Rangers are ever going to be bad enough where they won't be in some sort of contention. Even if they're – think about where they were last year going into the deadline. I don't think the Rangers will ever be further out than that. And people consider that to be within contention. So I, they're not going to be worse than the blue jackets. I don't believe they're going to be worse than the devils this year. 
all it takes is for the Flyers to be absolute shit again, which could as happen. Long as Elaine Vigneault there is it possible. So I, the scenario in which the Rangers are in a position where they're completely out of it, I think they're few and far between. But if, if it does happen and they trade their uh, pieces that are on expiring contracts, I, I wouldn't care who the Rangers have playing in their top nine. I would expect Edel is one. I would expect Barron is the other. And do whatever the fuck you want to do with the third line. Who cares at that point? Totally agree. Uh, that brings us to when is Henrik Lundqvist ceremony night? I think you made this point on OT, but I kind of want to let you run with it again. Sure. Uh, it'll be on a night when MSG has broadcast rights, and it'll be on a night where the Rangers don't expect fans to show up previously. So you're looking at a midweek game against a Western Conference opponent with no true connections to the New York Rangers, and I think that's when it'll be. Uh, so that what prompted this rant that I had on OT essentially was... Where you could listen TNT on Patreon.com, so let's breakaway. Okay, keep going. Bang, 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 boom, boom. Uh, TNT released its broadcast schedule, and one of the games on TNT this year is the March 2nd game against St. Louis on Hank's birthday. I promise you, MSG is not going to allow Henrik Lundqvist to get his number retired unless it can use an entire day of programming to build up to this game, then have an extra special 90-minute pregame show that gets to parade some of Hank's retired teammates through the pregame show, and Steve Valiquette, among others, get to talk about how great Hank is for 90 minutes, and then the ceremony is going to start at 6.30, and it's going to go until 7.30, and then at 7.45, we're going to drop the puck, and at every intermission, we're going to get another Henrik Lundqvist story and people reminiscing about his great career. That shit is not going to happen on TNT. That shit will happen on MSG. So look at your look at the Rangers schedule. Try to find a Tuesday game against a Western Conference team, and I think that's when Henrik Lundqvist will get his jersey. Retired. I think you're on to something there, Greg. That's buy the dip, baby. Get those tickets now. You can make, make thousands of dollars grifting. There you go. Uh, I think that's pretty much all the actual good questions. I have so many questions about Gallant, but I think you oh. and I – the shade you just threw the people that asked you questions that you just called ass. Your question sucks. Well, the rest of them are followers. all about the centers. I mean, not centers. Well, they are about centers too, but captains also. Uh, it's, so it's, we kind of addressed that already. We kind of addressed all their questions. And we address a lot more of them sure. with Molly later. So that's why I figured. I did we just, do. I guess I did throw it in a shady way. My apologies. You really did. You kind of shit all over My apologies. Let me, let me list all their names and apologize individually to every single one of them. Okay. Emma, Anthony, Larry, Tim, Travis, Cade, Brian. Okay. The people I didn't mention, I'm so sorry. Uh, all right. Um, the, pe- the people who you <laughs> chose not to mention, they might as well be dead to you. They'll you yell at really me tomorrow and I'll people. respond and say, I'm sorry or something. Ask for an apology. I'll give you one. There you go. Jesus Christ. What is wrong with you? I don't know. It's been a lot. Um, where do we go from here? There is... I don't know. The Meeks of Binajad thing is kind of worrying to me. I'm definitely... I don't really know how to go into the season with him. And they're not going to sign him mid-season, of, are they? I don't think so. No, but I'll also stop short of saying I'm worried. I mean, Francisco Lindor didn't sign his extension so until seven midnight. minutes before his deadline. Yeah. Okay. So, I... I, I, I think ca- talks will happen as long as camp is happening. And the season doesn't start for 23 days. And 23 days is a long – what happens first? Because Advantage had signs his extension or Jack, Jack Eichel gets traded? God damn it. This is <laughs> – it's kind of like the, the Tampa Bay Lightning are cheating uh, bit we did for a long time, except it's this every week. First of all, every week. still cheating. Not Second a bit, of all, I, guess I haven't truth. ruled out Jack Eichel going – to Tampa Bay. God, Third I will all, jump don't think I didn't see that Brent Seabrook story, fucking Tampa Bay Lightning. I saw it. You were talking to me directly. You're fucking cheating again. I'm on it. But th- what but was the story for people not listening, including me? Uh, Brent. Someone asked uh, Stephen Stamkos because remember they traded for Brent Seabrook's yes, dead body. They did. Uh, and <laughs> yes. someone someone asked him, "Is Brent Seabrook? How is he interacting with the locker room?" And I think Stamkos was essentially. Uh, I don't think he's in any of our text groups, but we're curious if he's going to play in the playoffs. <laughs> That's legendary. I hate them. <laughs> oh, I hate assholes. them. But seriously, uh, Jed extension or an Eichel trade? What happens first? So I'm going to say Eichel trade. I've been wrong Does every time. Does either happen before December? It feels bad. Does either happen before December? My gut says no. My gut says the Mika Zibanejad thing only happens – after the season, because I think they'll make the trade for some other center either at the end of the season or in the offseason before the draft or right after. 
after me. He's not going to sign in season. It's so rare for players to sign the contracts in season like that. Is it in hockey? I, I feel like it happens in hockey. I guess it doesn't really happen in baseball. Maybe it happens in hockey in that case. I'm going to get called out. I'm sure people will. But I just, I'm, I'm sure if Mika's number was right, and I, rumors were he was asking for $10 million, I know the Rangers are going to ask for like 7.5 over five years, which is what they'd be comfortable with. And I think the, I, I don't think anybody hates Mika. I don't think anybody has disdain towards Mika. But I could see why if you were out there saying, hey, I don't really want to have Mika Zibinijak for eight years, $9 million. I kind of feel that. I feel you. I, I think there's not a lot of better options out there right now. He's a perfect number. like and He's a really good number one center. He's a perfect number two center. Just like a quality, absolute top quality number two center. So if you can get someone to go with him, who would that be? Uh, that'd be great. But oh, for eight years, nine million, that is a cap crunch. And uh, I am worried a little bit about his injury history and, and play. Um, so I think if they did eight years, eight million, I would be like, okay, cool. I'd be happy about it, but I wouldn't, I don't think I'd celebrate. I don't think, uh, I don't think it'd be good in the long run. Eight years is too much for hockey players. I know we have to do it. That's just the market. Um, and get that bag when you can, you really should. I support me because of Vinajad. I just don't know how I feel about having him for eight years. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. But also, I think us saying, I don't know how I feel about having Mika Zibanejad for eight years is a coping mechanism we are all currently employing to convince ourselves that we actually not just see a scenario in which Mika Zibanejad isn't a New York Ranger, but that we're okay with it. When in reality, I think we're kind of lying to ourselves. I think people just... If push came to shove, I think they'd rather just have Mika Zibanejad on the New York Rangers. And if it's for three or four years more than what he's probably worth, at some point, worth keeping your favorite players around, even if it turns out to be pretty shitty. It is time. worth doing that sometimes. I'm with you. I, I do think. I say all that and say that I'd rather have Jack Eichel. Yeah, me too. Me too. Here we go again. Um, here we go again. We never stopped. We it. never stopped. It never happened. One of the other questions that I didn't, I'm not going to give credit to this person because I closed my phone and I'm in a closet, um, is what happened to the the summer of anything? Well, nothing happened. Just that's it. Well, the anything was nothing. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like I feel like people, I, I, I said this on Twitter, people forgot that anything, nothing is implied in anything. Anything doesn't mean that the Rangers are just going to do 700 things. Anything means there's a possibility <laughs> the Rangers do zero things, and that's what they decided Welcome to do. Welcome to science and physics with Ryan and Greg. Anything is right. nothing. It's philosophy also. So <laughs> when you have a lot of anything, you also have a lot of nothing. Do you understand? Everybody uh, following me? Big, I'm, a, I'm a big movie guy, as you know. One of, one of my low-key favorite movies is a movie by the name of Kingdom of Heaven, uh, starring the great or o- Orlando Bloom. Legend. And at the end, when right. he, surrenders, he surrenders Jerusalem to Saladin, and he asks Saladin, he's like, what is Jerusalem worth? As Lonnie goes, it's worth nothing. And then he turns around and says, it's worth everything. And walks off into the sunset. And I was like, I'm going to live my life by that principle. And just lie to people all the time. That's essentially <laughs> what happened in that scene. Well, that's what the Rangers did. Uh, they're waiting for that other, other shoe to drop. That's... Again, like, the Rangers straight up lied to us because they said they want to change their top six by adding someone, not just subtracting. And... They wanted to have more clarification God. in terms of what they're doing down the middle. What's your excitement they, level for this season? Legitimately, out of 10. Uh, that's, it's not a fair question because it's not the Rangers' fault that I'm currently not excited at all. The Mets season has me so low. That makes sense. That I am excited about nothing. Yeah, you're comfortably not. You're uncomfortably numb. The, the only thing I am excited about, and it only got me excited because I didn't expect it, was Gus Johnson calling an NFL football game. <laughs> like that, I didn't expect it to happen, and then I heard his voice, and it was God. the first moment of happiness I felt in months. Criminal not to have him on a broadcast for that long. Doesn't make sense. I, I'll, I'll say as of 8.40 p.m. on Monday night, on a scale of 1 to 10, probably a 4. I'm, I'm like a 6-ish, 6.5. I think that's where fair, I'm at. It's a, it, this will change. As soon as oh yeah, as soon as I start getting worked up about who's playing with whom in camp, we're just doing temperature check. It's games. important. You said a temperature check. Yeah, it's important. It's one out of ten. It's a temperature check. That's what we're doing. We're, yeah. we're getting a feel I for the say, room. I'm, I would say I'm at the exact same point as I would be, or where I was the off season where the New York Mets signed only Sean Markham, 
Yes. And then like they were telling me that spring training was coming and they signed to literally just Sean Markham. And I'm like, I guess I'm happy baseball's coming back. At the same time, am I happy baseball's coming back? I like I would say that year I was about a four two. I'll I'll put it this way. I'd probably be an eight or a nine if at the end of last season and I, I think they were taking some steps. If Lafreniere and Kako really like real like they both hit the like they both hit a wall, but they also both took tremendous strides. But if they were just all of a sudden like last ten games just ripping it up, I would I would be inconsolable for most of the next couple weeks waiting to watch those two play hockey. But they kinda had like that hit the wall and then the Rangers got the crap beat out of them for like a week and a half. And that just left a really bad taste in my mouth. So that's why I end up like six point five seven. I don't think there's anything the Rangers could have done at the end of last season to really get me out of my chair excited for this season, unless last season ended the only positive way it could. Um, God, if Eichel was here, for I'd be me, going I, crazy. I honestly, I think I'd be <laughs> crazy. Right. I, I think for me, it, if, if obviously if Eichel was here, it'd be a nine, but I'm a guy who gets excited about turnover and change. So even if the Rangers had just, even with the Buchnevich trade, say the Rangers traded for Kuznetsov, I think I'd be at a six and a half because I'd be really curious. It's part of part of the excitement is like this great unknown. Except the problem is the great unknown with the New York Rangers involves players I already have opinions about. I need I need a player whose opinion I am at zero with. Sammy Blay, we have no and, idea. <laughs> Sammy Blay, again, Sammy Blay is going to play seven minutes a night. Good for him. Congratulations. Hey, I love Sammy Get Blay. That check, yeah, I'm you're, sure you're I'm going to follow though. He's going to do something cool. We'll have a shirt. It'll be cool. Uh, no, exactly. <laughs> um, but it, like, if if so, again, I wouldn't have been thrilled about a Kuznetsov. I would have been upset. It would have been a sad podcast. But I would. I'd be like, we'd be sitting here today. I'd be like, right? I don't know. I, you got to remember the good times with Kuznetsov, and maybe he's bringing a little bit of craziness and yeah. and wild card. Maybe on and off the ice. The yeah. yeah, cool. Yeah, the man loves playing in the snow, both <laughs> on it. and off the ice. Big time. So skier. maybe Ryan, maybe that's a guy I could get behind. Like I need, I need something like that. Instead, I'm just like you know, according to Vince McCogliano's razor from 2004, <laughs> maybe Capo <laughs> looks bigger. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so like it's yeah, for me true. it's. The, my problem this this year is the new, and the reason why I'm not as excited. Again, this time next week, I'm sure I'll be a five, and the week after that, I'll be a six and a half. And the week after well, that, well, the Washington I'll night, I'm going to be a full ten. I just oh yeah, well, Washington night, we're not going to be so. That's true. It's going to be great. That's true. Hey, if you want to come see us, we will be yeah. good plug time. Uh, we'll be at the, we'll be at the gin mill October thirteenth. I don't know if we need to have a list or something, Greg. We'll talk about that. Um, uh, we do not. All you have to do is show up and walk downstairs. To the hidden speakeasy room, Whoa. where there are four televisions in a private bar, and we will be uh, uh, hanging with everybody who wants to hang with us for Washington, New York. Could be a couple people, could just be four of us. Exclusive, probably be a lot yep. more than that. But be, please be, uh, please bring some vaccination proof, and we'll be all good. All right, cool. Yes, you'll need that. Very important. But anyway, um, yeah. Th- my problem is the things I get excited about in camp when there's a lot of turnover is that I'm forming new opinions. My problem is I have opinions of these guys, so I don't. I'm not excited about trying to just tweak the opinions I already have. It's like reworking my thesis for the 15th time. I'd rather write a new fee- thesis. I, that's a great But I, I great haven't point. been giving new evidence for said thesis. Great point. Great point. All right. Let's get to Molly Walker where we talk more about all this stuff, all these things and more. Second time I've done this, this podcast. All right. Uh, let's uh, follow us on uh, – rather go to Patreon, support the show, all that shit. Here's Molly Walker from the New York Post. Transition. Hey, we're back with our number one favorite recurring guest. Just made that up, Molly. Molly Walker from the New York Post. Molly, how are you doing? No, absolutely. I'm number one. Just just keep the right uh, identifier there. Thank you. Right. I just was, I, I what I was doing there was making the check out to you. I, so I was writing it. Molly Walker, number one, because $51. <laughs> fifth, only 51? Try, you're on back order for oh. my previous however many appearances I've made. I was, <laughs> was going to check in with you guys on that, why I haven't received a single check yet. Can you tell me? I, I had so many text messages. Like, so when am I getting paid? <laughs> like, right that day, I was <laughs> yeah, like, what, I'm the, sure. what the hell? No, no one's getting yeah, paid. What, what Ryan isn't telling you is about six of them were from me asking him the exact same question. <laughs> Honestly. Good times. Uh, there's a lot going on right now. Uh, you got to spend some time at the prospect camp. I guess I'll ask the burning question that everyone in New York Rangers lore and community <laughs> is asking. How do you hold a phone so still? 
I, I just, it's a skill I've acquired over the years, I guess. I don't sure know. Enough. Everybody was pretty impressed with, with my ability, although there was a very, very low bar to clear, I was told by the, uh, <laughs> the streaming service that they had going. But honestly, if, if we're, if we're being honest from when we watched them during, tr uh, during the pandemic, just in practices, they'd have the streaming services and it was on like a motion sensor and you couldn't see anything. It would just like jolt back and forth. Like Keith Kincaid would be doing like sidesteps, like in the middle of the ice. And that's what I would be watching when we were trying to figure out the lines and things like that. So, but you know, if they're doing their best, I guess it's okay. Hey, I I'm happy they tried. That's nice. That's all I had. <laughs> That's true. Like the Flyers. That's true. They hadn't, I don't think they had streamed any of the uh, other like scrimmages or anything like that prior to this. Never. Right? And the Flyers who are from a much smaller city of Philadelphia, of which I'm familiar with, had a announcer and an official yep. stream, which, you know, makes us look really good. So we'll figure it out eventually. <laughs> No, that actually was a luxury. I was kind of surprised at that when I pulled that up and heard people talking. I was like, oh, wow, we actually have commentators? Great. It was a, a nice surprise. Well, the Rangers will figure it out one day. Uh, MSG Plus or it's seven or one of those things will, they'll, they, you know, they'll get it. Oh, oh, it doesn't matter. Uh, let's ask a real Ranger question uh, since we've gone through. Uh, that was a real Ranger question. Let's ask another one. Uh, you got to watch some prospect development camp. Who did anyone stick out and was it Morgan Barron? Yes. <laughs> the answer is yes. Cool. Um, and, and if Morgan Barron didn't stand out, then that would have been more glaring and concerning than it would have been that he naturally stood out. He looked like one of the, there was only four guys on the ice that had any NHL experience. And two of them was Tarmo Ruenanen, who had two games, I think. And then Justin Richards, who had one. So it barely even counts. Zach Jones had the most of, of everyone there. But yeah, Barron really, he pushed the pace and, and he was, showing a lot of different skills that not a lot of the other prospects um, were showing, but that's, it, it was as expected, honestly. So it, he definitely looks good going into the main camp. I, 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 I feel remiss where the first, I just, <laughs> I feel so remiss. Long. I just feel remiss that the first prospect we're not talking, we're talking about from Rangers camp is someone who likely will start the year in Hartford and not Niels Lundquist. So why don't we transition immediately okay. to Niels Lundquist? Are we building the statue tomorrow, Thursday? <laughs> Are we building it in two years? Or no. should we all take a big step back and be like, by the way, this guy is still a child coming over from Sweden. So maybe we let him have a minute or two to get comfortable. Stepping back a little bit, I'm in, agree I'm in agreement with Ryan and starting off with Morgan Barron because he's the most interesting storyline going to training camp, I think. I think that Nils Lundqvist is expected to be that third defensive pairing and that he's expected to start the season. And, and it's not, not, not really like a, a guess, I guess, going into camp. Um, so I agree that uh, I, I'm okay with starting with Barron. But yes, you're you. right. Lundqvist is... <laughs> Thank you. But Lundqvist is, uh, uh, yes, he's, he's going to be in a third pair role for sure. And, and he looked good as well. He's calm with the puck. You know, he, he also stands out amongst defensemen. Um, I think that uh, he definitely looked better than Zach Jones, as much as that pains me to say, my fellow UMass guy, I, no, 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 no personal, you know, attack there, but um, yeah, Lundqvist is, is, I don't know about uh, monuments being erected in his honor yet, but <laughs> they're they're coming. Well, let let me allow me to transition back to Morgan Barron. I I got <laughs> I got two way game here then. So we know very little about what we think Gerard Gallant is going to do with the New York Rangers, but we have enough experience with him as an NHL head coach where he believes fourth line identity is important, and also <laughs> believes that the fourth line is not a place for a young player to develop. Great point, Greg. So right. that essentially means Morgan Barrett needs to be a top nine player to be a New York Ranger on opening night. Do you see a viable scenario in which that happens? It's it's really tough, and it depends on what what Gerard Gallant values, I think. I I think when he makes those sort of statements about a young player, I'm I'm thinking more of like the Vitaly Kravtsovs and, and the Capo like Vitaly Kravtsov could is just does not belong on the fourth line in any way, shape, or form. But Morgan Barron, I think, has a little bit more of grit and grind to his game and, and fits better. I would love to see like a, a black and blue bruiser fourth line of like Ryan Reeves, Morgan Barron like Sammy Blay or however that ends up shaking out. Now we're talking. Couple. Yeah. I know, right? Yeah, right. That's That sounds exciting. It's fun. Like a heavyweight fourth line, like that has an idea. And this is also me coming from me. I know there are Ranger fans that watch this podcast, listen to this podcast, but I – 
see the Islanders and the way that fourth line is so effective. And that's something that you definitely want to emulate after. And I think that the Rangers actually for once have some of the personnel to put something together like that, or maybe even like a checking third line with Goudreau. And, but that also, that doesn't really fit Heedle's game. You know, there's, there's a lot of moving pieces and things that need to fall into place. And we're going to really have to wait and see how the lines shake out because there are a couple of question marks and players that could be flip-flopped that I guess we'll just see how the competition plays out in camp. Yeah, it seems like the top nine is already set going into camp, barring a huge move for <laughs> yeah. some unnamed person from Buffalo <laughs> or any other random trade that could still happen between now and when the season starts. Who knows? Right. Because yeah. um, there's no new information. But I do find the, the Morgan Barron situation just – a little more intriguing because we like Kevin Rooney on this show. And I think a lot, I think a lot of Ranger fans grew to love Kevin Rooney from his wonderful acting skills on the bench. And also his uh, PK, <laughs> his, his penalty kill, uh, just, I, I guess, performance throughout the year. Now, if Morgan Barrett could actually win a face-off, because uh, the Rangers have mm -hmm. notoriously had a really hard time doing that, I think that would end up helping his cause. I know one of his quotes from this, uh, the last two weeks is, hey, I've tried to work on everything and be a jack of all trades. And I do yeah. believe he could show himself to kind of beat out Kevin Rooney, but I also feel I feel like it's strange that they would just kind of get rid of Kevin Rooney if Morgan Barron worked out because he's a valuable piece. No, I totally understand that. And who knows if maybe Kevin Rooney ends up being a healthy scratch for a couple times this season and maybe they want to alternate. You know, you never know how how Gallant is going to approach the season and his strategy and whatnot. I I obviously haven't paid that much close attention of where he what, if, with what he was doing elsewhere and his strategies of that sort of stuff. But mm. I mean, I think that I think that Barron plays with a lot of oomph. I really do, I, and and he's really a pleasure to watch. And but that also is coming from me watching him against other prospects and, and in development camp. So naturally, he had to stand out. But I also think, and he talked about this a little bit too earlier in the week, that he has a bit of a leg up, and and Lundqvist, Lundqvist too, going into camp because this prospect camp was so competitive and so chippy with each other that you guys saw it when they got on the ice with other prospects what? that they could actually hit and not really care about they were they were thro throwing the hits you know matt rempy's shit talking everybody dropping the gloves like it was intense so they have a bit of an adrenaline uh going into this main camp i think that i think they'll be able to carry over in the in the non-baron and non-lundquist category <laughs> and i guess non-zach jones too because mm -hmm. i feel like we we understand where zach jones is in his development and where Right. He is most likely to start the season just in terms of numbers. But is there is there a non-top-of-mind Ranger prospect that you think maybe changed the discussion about where he fits in with the Rangers next season based on this camp alone? Like a, a prospect that you think is going to actually make the roster or just like change the perspective of where he falls in the organization? I, I, uh, more the latter than the former. Got I, it. Because, okay. again, I, I think – because I have Rangers, an answer for the latter. 100%. Yeah, the, the Rangers have more forwards than they know what to do with. Where like, yes. if if a prospect from this camp was gonna make the team, it'd be Morgan Barron. Right. But like, did Will Coyle do something in this cool. camp that all of a sudden the Rangers <laughs> are thinking, "Holy shit! Wait a second, this isn't just a Tom Wilson punch baser <laughs> that we took in the third round." Like, was there someone who is trying to redefine his prospect arc, and this camp helped them do that? Yes, it was Will Cooley. <laughs> Very cooly, oil cooly, whatever. Yeah, cool. there's there's a U in there. There's no. I'm just o happy it's not me. You don't understand how great this is. <laughs> no, it's a great last name. I love it. No, it, it sounds cool. But yeah, he was. Cooly. He also was very impressive. Definitely stood out. Was one of those guys that was able to push the pace. Also, just a heavy hitter, hustle type of guy. Um, that was able to, it's all about just standing out on the ice. You know, if you, and if you're invisible, you know, someone like Matt Rempe, who like, you obviously can't miss him because of how large he is, but he also sometimes gets lost in the fray because he's a bit slow with the puck and things like that. But Will Cooley also was able to stand out every time he was on the ice and it didn't hurt that he was playing next to Baron and, and Paiemi, I believe is how you pronounce this name, Lori Paiemi. He was, they, they were their, their top line in camp and they looked, they looked nice together. It was a uh, very fun to watch. 
Awesome. Well, that's enough about prospect camp. Let's talk about heading into the season. The Rangers going into the season uh, for the summer pretty much had this thing called the summer of anything. Maybe it was titled by this podcast and uh, <laughs> absolutely nothing happened. There's been have, there's been nothing, right? Uh, I mean, we're not missing anything. There's no whispers. They have this is the thing I keep reading. I, I think uh, our good friend Hacky uh, Hacky Hockey Statminer uh, pretty much posted pretty or actually posted. Sorry, there there no other team since 2005 in the Caps era has had more than eight million dollars in, in just free cap going into the season and yet here no, we are with no the other rangers team. oh i'm so sorry right. rangers squad rangers mm-hmm. squad. no you're, you're not wrong the question is uh if the question is did the rangers get better it's an i don't know we'll we'll wait and see if it's a question of getting a different look one hundred thousand percent that's what they did they changed the look and the makeup of their lineup and they added a, a couple players with a few different dimensions which is what we criticized them about all see all last season long like they just had way too many players that were of the same you know skill set the same that had the same type of game and that you need a variety in your lineup. You need different guys that do different things. Like I love the quote about Barkley Goudreau that, you know, he's not a Ferrari or whatever, but he's like an, a Jeep all wheel drive, whatever kind of guy. And that's changing the look of the, of the lineup. And that is something that they needed to do. Did they necessarily get better? Not necessarily. We don't know yet, but also to the fact that they have so much space left over, that just means that there's more coming no matter what, no matter what, so obviously they're not going to do that. They're not going to leave that much money on the table. Um, if there's not another plan or greater purpose in the works and he who shall not be named always could be on that conversation. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, there was uh, a report last week that Rangers aren't interested. Ha ha. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're totally out. Uh, sorry, Greg, go on. I was, well, I was going to ask in the, in the non-Jack Eichel category here, um, who has the most to prove heading into Rangers camp? Who's the guy with the biggest chip on his shoulder? That's a really good question. That's why I asked. Nice job, Greg. You know, yeah, that's a, that's a very good question. I definitely, I think it, I think it's between Filipino and probably uh, maybe Kravtsov. And Kako, <laughs> like a, the children. There's a couple, but yeah, the the children that 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 are you know need to take some major strides. I think maybe looking at a season as a whole is more Capo Kako, but going into camp, I think Vitaly Kravtsov needs to solidify himself as a top six player if that's where he wants to be. And Filipino also, I think, needs to show something else, or or else, or they need to see if they have something in him as a top six center maybe um but i i also don't think that that will happen so it's 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 a it's a it's a tough it's a tough question um but i think i'm gonna go with with kravsov immediately out of in training camp and then filipino and kako kako a season as a whole kravsov. follow-up question has yeah. there ever been a more anonymous free agent signing in new york ranger history than patrick nemeth <laughs> yeah no definitely and I, I'm excited to, to talk to him and see what he's all about honestly I don't really know much about him but no you're 100% right that's how I would describe it as well people people constantly I hate doing the people forget me but here we are I the entire <laughs> all of Rangers Twitter is hey the Rangers did nothing well they did sign the nemethist which I cannot say <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll get there eventually but Patrick Nemeth like he seems to be a, a solid third line defenseman who uh, maybe mm-hmm. got overmatched in the playoffs but has had a pretty analytic friendly career elsewise seems like a smart signing for jury gets zero credit for it uh, I want to go back to Kravstov for just for a second because he's the one player I have the most questions about I think he can have a shot at playing on the second line I haven't like read anything about his offseason there's been no like reporting from anywhere on Kravstov that's not a shot at you it's not a shot at anybody it's just been kind of dead it's kind of just been dead silent on what to expect from him cuz to me I think Goudreau goes on the second line on the right wing pretty much right off the rip unless Kravstov comes into camp and destroys just is like hey I'm ready for the NHL can, can you see a scenario where he's actually second line ready I, I, I do in the sense that I just think that his skill set is just better served in the top six. Like he needs to be 
Like I, I, but I also feel the same way about Kako. I, I personally didn't hate the Panarin Strong Kako line, especially toward the end of the season. I felt that Kako really started to understand what kind of role he needed to play, which I like the fact that Jury and Galan are talking about how each player needs to figure out their defined role, because I feel like that's something that they didn't really do the last couple of seasons under David Quinn. So I think that that, that'll be a good thing. But yes, with Kravtsov, I I just do think that his skill set is better served in the top six. And also with Gallant's comments talking about not putting young budding players on the fourth line. I, when I heard that line, I thought immediately he was talking about Vitaly Kravtsov. So I feel like that's how he views him as a top six player. Speaking of defined roles on this team, I feel like that takes us a very natural transition <laughs> to a gentleman by the name of Ryan Strom, mm-hmm. who I don't think there's a role more defined over the last three years than trade block candidate Ryan Strom. <laughs> what, uh, it's clear the Rangers, I don't know if it's clear, the Rangers seemed willing or more than able to move him this offseason, couldn't. They were definitely trying to move him last offseason, couldn't. Got to a point where they thought about just straight up not paying them. Decided against that. What? Uh, what, what, what? What's up? I guess is my question with Ryan. <laughs> no, what? and you got to feel for a player like that. You got to feel for a player that's yeah, kind of. Ryan's been on the show. Right. The, he was yeah. stupid nice. Like one of yeah, the nicest sure people I ever. I know he is. I and know he is. He's also like as much as we're responsible for some of it too. But as much as <laughs> as much as people crap on him. He's been quite good the last two years. Yes. I can't sit here and no say he's doubt. been bad. No doubt. And I think that I obviously, you know, he's done his job next to Artemi Panarin. You know, he has complimented Artemi Panarin. It's obviously not a hard job to do, but he's been able to do it. And during the stretch where Panarin was out, Strom's production didn't dip that much. And that's also important. And But that's also why I think this is the prime time to package Ryan Strom for, for uh, uh, in a trade of some sort, whether that's uh, for another top tier center or if they, or, you know, whatever it may be. I think that Ryan Strom's last couple of seasons, his trade value is at its absolute highest right now. And I think that they should uh, capitalize on that if they were, if they, if that's something that they wanted to do, but also he hasn't done anything to really prove that he's worth trading either. They've wanted to. It's not like they haven't wanted to. I I mean, Elliot Friedman was reporting like, hey, I trades I expect this week, and the list was empty, with the exception (laughs) of Ryan Strom to Vegas or Seattle. And that was it. And it's been it's been dead quiet all summer. That's what I'm saying. There's tons of interest. Like I know for a fact that there's been tons of interest on him in particular and that's because he's at his most like the last two seasons he's been great but for for a team like seattle he's perfect he's a leader mm-hmm. he if you could sign him for like a, a five-year deal he's going to go through the rest of his prime he's probably not going to cost you an arm and a leg he's probably movable in four years anyway uh to and another, he's a good locker room guy he's amazing a great locker room guy ryan's doing the old uh car salesman trick where he's just tapping the hood of this car like this baby's gonna get you from point a to point b this baby can miss so many nets (laughs) uh i just i I, there i just it's weird i feel bad for him at the same time i don't and at the same time i want philip heedle to have more responsibility but the only way for that to happen is for one person to leave and it's not like i'm asking for mika zibanejad to go out of here but that does bring me to my next question Mika Zibanejad, is it a little odd that we haven't heard more contract chatter to this point? I mean, the seasons were, as people are listening to this, we're 22 days away. I didn't expect to get within 20 days of opening night and still have a whole lot of Mika Zibanejad questions to ask people. Right, and I don't blame you, considering their history to like just their relationship for so long, how important he's been to the organization, you would think that there would be more rumblings. But that being said, granted how last season went for him, and yes, he had COVID in the beginning, and and that definitely played a part in everything. But given how he started last season, I don't think the Rangers, you know, can afford to have their top-line center playing like that. So I think that they want to see. I think think that they are waiting to see how things shake out a little bit on the ice. Because if you look at it, there are, uh, for another year in a row, there are so many new moving parts on the Rangers. There's no, there's barely any continuity. It's going to be another, you know, jumble of lineups of, 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 you know, 
players in different places. So I think that they want to see how it shakes out before they make their next big move, wherever that may be. So I do think that they're trying to take a wait and see approach. That's, that's my uh, uh, prediction, I guess. It's reading the tea leaves, right? Because there's no other... Right? There's nothing else. It's Because this ha- is not a finished product. We have all the obviously. money. We're waiting yeah. for the other shoe to drop, except there's no shoes. We're barefoot, exactly. and we're on the ice, and it's cold. There's nothing else. There's no shoes to drop. The Barkov thing I... is going li- to linger over the squad all year, along with Eichel. People are going to be asking about it all the time. We've, we've only heard that Barkov doesn't want to be... Or leave Florida, rather. That could change, but probably not. Right. Eichel still hasn't gotten the surgery. It's September 20th. Do you remember <laughs> no, the just... 21st night where he didn't get surgery? Anyway, sorry. <laughs> no, but I just feel like I've said the same thing the last three seasons, is that it's we have to wait to see what the product is going to be on the ice because we don't know again. Going into, like, there's so many new faces, new moving parts, and and also with a new management, new coach, so many different things now, especially in going into this season. So it's so hard to make any bold assessments or predictions or what they're going to do next or what, what area they want to address because we have to wait and see what it is, kind of. Molly, if you liked my which ranger has the biggest monkey on their back going into camp, you're going to love this question. <laughs> okay, I'm ready. What percent chance would you give the New York Rangers between now and opening night of acquiring someone outside the organization to play in their top six? Oh, that's also a pretty good question. I am on fire. <laughs> <laughs> what a show. I, 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 again, if it is, if Vitaly Kravtsov doesn't show up, or I, I don't know, or if Zibanejad again has a really, really slow start, you know, who know, you know, who knows what's going to happen. But I think if something does happen, I, I don't want to say they're going to make a rash decision, like trade someone else, big, a big core piece away, but they might go out and start looking to address that specific area. Cause also things like that uh, competition in the lineup lights fires up uh, off uh, uh blah, blah, blah. lights fires under guys butts and you know that you always want to foster a line of competition and things like that so i again i think it's going to be a wait and see approach whatever you know area does look like it needs a little bit of a push maybe they'll do that uh, all i'm saying is i didn't hear a percent number in there. <laughs> <laughs> nice job uh, uh can i go 50 then hell yeah Flip like, a coin. I don't know. You, you, you can you can it's your I'll number i can't say the i'll go 50 percent chance barring what happens on the ice you know barring who gets out to a slow start you know if if anybody does at all so who knows gonna speak for my uh my good friend not good friend my client keith kinkade here if your <laughs> gets off to a rough start and has the situation where he can't stop breakaways yet again, which was a issue, a serious issue for most of last season. They couldn't even lean on him when Igor was hurt. So considering he was the one B goalie, I could I would consider that um, an issue. Is there a chance right. they they cut bait? I mean, we've talked about how he didn't request a trade, but it seems like he'd be okay to be moved. But they, they've never really found the suitor. That's another guy similar to Ryan Strom that they've been trying to move for seemingly two years now. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I, I mean, he totally is one of those guys that has also just been in the rumor mill for almost his entire career. I think that, uh, I don't know. I, I think, are the rules changing this season with like the taxi squad and, and who they can hold and things like so, that. As of right now, there is no taxi squad. Yeah, but exactly. GMs so, want to be able to carry three goalies without right. having to be penalized. I know. And right. That hasn't been like, like official yet. Is Correct. it? Or it's, it's just yeah. what GMs want, but it's yeah. as of right now, you can, the only way you can carry three goalies is by having three goalies on your 23 man roster. Right. Which yeah. no team is so, going to do. So Exactly. So I think there's your answer. I think that if if Georgie does get off to a tough start, then they're, I think they're comfortable with riding Shusterkin right now. And and maybe they will, maybe your gives, uh, you know, price drops and jury, you know, accepts less or, or whatnot, you know, if, if it really is that dire of a situation that they feel like they need to get out of. But I think that they would try to ride Shusterkin, which I think they're going to try to do anyway. It's going to be so weird with him because this season in the Metro, much like the last couple of years, is going to be quite tight. 
the top six, uh, excluding the Columbus Blue Jackets and the, I mean, the, I'm sure the Devils could be a little frisky this year. It's not like they lack talent. The, they do have some, <laughs> right. some real NHL players. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dougie Hamilton came by. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jack Hughes, another year of, of being in the Devil. So mm-hmm. all those teams are going to be really strong. And to compete in that situation, you can't have Georgia letting up breakaways every other night. I'm fighting for Keith here, but I don't know what's going to work out. So we'll see. <laughs> yeah, no, I think your bias is showing. <laughs> okay, I tried. I tried. Let's move on. Um, how many players have reached out to you or the Post asking to write best, uh, best shape of their life stories? <laughs> <laughs> oh, every single one. Wow. Speed dial. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> that would be a that would be a dream media access situation. So no. easy. Oh god. No, and my favorite part was her cracking up about this at, at development camp when he posted a picture of Kako in the back background like the most blurry horrible quality photo and you could barely see the outline of them and everyone's like Chaco's jack he's huge <laughs> 20 pounds of muscle Chaco looks yoked ready to go for camp we were cracking up he's we thick like he was literally just standing there in a black t-shirt like just minding his own business it's- well if listen you gotta give Kako credit he understands that black is a really form-fitting color here in the united states of america that is that's just that he's he's developed. He's wiser. He's more mature. Through three years into this, this he now true. understands. This is. I think he finally started listening to the Church of Kako too, as well. Wow, it's Cha- little change in religion there. It's a nice city. <laughs> Just incredible. <laughs> I know. I honestly, I forgot about that when I was tweeting about Pi Yemi's comments. Yeah, they both did <laughs> New it. New York City. They both did it. But honestly, I was so like I forgot about that whole thing with Kako. How it was funny, but like because I was so endeared with how sweet he. he and I didn't even include this. I, I think it was in my story, but he said something like, "Oh, and when the sun goes down and all the." lights come out it's wonderful <laughs> i was like oh my god you're so, like that's so sweet and like you could tell he really meant it he really is like starstruck by new york i mean in his defense finland still working on that <laughs> electricity front so yeah, i totally no. get it <laughs> oh, he said he said he was like i think i think the whole country is like five million people and there's like over eight million people in new york city alone turns out oh. big big city who knew Big city. Uh, nice and big city. Very strange. Uh, has there been – I think I asked you this question last time, but I kind of want to get an update. Has I, I've heard nothing bad about Gallant ever. All the research I've done has just been sparkling. Every player that comes on any podcast ever says nothing but nice things about him. Uh, is, there, what, is there anything you're worried about? Is there anything that – is there any negative that we can see so far? Because the negatives will come quick. It'll happen by yeah. the by the first like one or two games. The fans will turn. That will happen. I was happen. gonna say, check Twitter after the first loss, and I'm sure you'll find all your negatives about your <laughs> After the prospect want. game, people were freaking <laughs> yeah. out. It was like, what the hell? I know, right? Yeah, season's a bust. We lost to the Flyers in a development camp scrimmage. No, but um, honestly, and I I like this question because um, I every player that I've spoken to, I've talked to Kreider this offseason, Fox this offseason. I've asked them, you know, you don't want to directly say like, oh, what do you think about Gallant? I kind of phrase it in the way like, oh, what have you heard through the grapevine about him? You know, like what have other players said to you about him? And all of the, both of them said that he's a player's first kind of coach that he has the right temperament, you know, to be able to inspire, but also he has a bit, a bit of a development touch, which is what this Rangers team needs it has such a unique balance of of a veteran core but also young talent as well and you need to have that developmental touch that david quinn did have but you also need to be able to connect with the veterans and and have that uh established career behind you which he does have and i'm sure there will be a mutual respect there because of that so both players had nothing but pos- obviously they're not going to say anything negative but they both had very genuine things to say um, that they had heard about him. So I think it's, you know, but that, again, wait until the first loss and, and I'm sure you'll find something to say It'll be right away. <laughs> how many, how many, how many weeks into the season until you feel comfortable calling him Turk and what is it going to take for him to surpass Turk Wendell in the New York sports Turk landscape? Absolutely never. I I'm here to tell you my biggest pet peeve is when media members call players or coaches by their nickname. Like they are not your buddy. Like, I'm sorry, but you guys are not boys. Like, like just, just call him by his first name. Like that's what he is. But it's actually funny. Um, during the, uh, Islanders playoff run, um, there was, I got an email from someone that told me that I sounded like a sorority schoolgirl when I called Barry Trotz, Barry. 
and I tweeted about it and it kind of blew up because apparently there's this whole like debate amongst journalists of what what we should call the coaches that we cover do we call them coach do we call them you know by their first name coach last name you know whatever it is so it was like a whole debate and the next day I'm sitting in practice watching uh morning skate after Barry Trotz talked to us and my phone rings and it's the Islanders PR guy. And I pick up and I'm like, Hey, and he goes, Hey, Barry wants to talk to you. And I was like, what? Wow. <laughs> and Barry gets on the phone. He goes, Hey Molly. And I was like, Barry, like, <laughs> hello. And he was like, I just uh, wanted to call you and say that I saw the email that you got on Twitter. He was like, I just want to let you know, you could call me Barry whenever you want. That's incredible. <laughs> and, I, and I was like, oh, well, thank you. He was like, you don't need my permission. He was like, you're great. Like, he just was so nice and so, like, just appreciative. He was like, I love working with you. And, yeah, call me Barry whenever you want. And I was like, all right, Barry, I will. Well, thank you. Fantastic. This is exactly what I needed to hear. Not only is Barry Trotz the best coach in the NHL, but he's a chill fucking guy. It makes Great. me so he's pissed off. Stand, <laughs> uh, he's a stand-up guy. No, I know. I God can hear it. you guys fuming through the, through the mics. I, I hate to tell you. I know. I haven't really told that story, so there you go. It's but, so yeah, obnoxious that the Islanders are like doing everything I really like. It makes me so <laughs> pissed no, off. The Islanders, the Islanders are like the best-run team in New York, and it's just fucking sickening. What the hell? I know, sure, it infuriates you. Yeah, no, I, t- I texted the P- uh, Islanders PR guy, and I was like, I was like, oh my god, question mark, and he was like, yeah, it was his idea. That's all he said. Like, <laughs> cool. That is so that is so nice. Like so, yeah. So, I'm, I, needless to say, end of point. I will never call Gerard Gallant Turk. <laughs> all right, so Turk Turk Wendell, nice and safe at number one in the league. <laughs> there we but, go. Great. Now I just I want Barry Trotz to coach the Mets, like. I hate everything. Right? This is fucking terrible. I think that's the only. I think that's the only guy that could turn that organization around. Honestly. Hey, hold on, hold on, hold on. Billy B <laughs> is sitting right there. We'll be fine. We'll be fine. Uh, oh God, Greg, I'm sorry. I, I I covered a couple of Mets games during this all season, and I Molly, you don't I have to, to apologize to me. Let me let me let me pull <laughs> Barry Trotz here and apologize to you. I've had to watch 147 of these so far this year. You had to watch two. And you now yeah. understand what I've gone through here. I know. I, I, I was at the game that went four and a half hours. Yeah, four and a half hours. Was it four and a half? Yeah, yeah four and a half hours. Not only night. do they lose, they do it in a very long time. Painstaking so fashion. <laughs> oh, my God. It's like, hey, do you feel terrible about yourself? Do you want to walk into traffic? Here's no. three more hours to really let yeah. you it's, sink it's in on that It's the shenanigans field. away from the ballpark for me. It's just, it's that kind of stuff. Or at, or at least, like, in the dugout. Like, even even you go as far as the dugout, and there's shenanigans everywhere you go. Yeah, I thank, thank you, Molly. I, I do you're enjoy welcome. misery. I'm, sorry, I to, sorry to make it stingy. My razor does no, great, you're, though. You're the so best. That's nice. I'm, I'm, I'm having a great time. I'm having a wonderful time. <laughs> <laughs> this is what I get for asking you two really good questions. Yeah, uh, that's how I repay you. Just, uh, just a nice little job at the Mets. <laughs> for sure, uh, Molly. I think we covered pretty much everything. Is there any storyline that we didn't touch on heading into this wonderful camp session of for the New York Rangers? No, you covered a lot. Wow, I'm, I'm excited. It's gonna be, it's gonna be a fun year. I think. I think so too. I. I I'm an optimist. I can sell. I can sense the hesitancy in your. Optimism. No, I feel good. I feel good. I, I'm. I. I could see a scenario. I'll give a percentage. I could see a scenario above fifty percent. Nice job, Ryan. That the Rangers could finish second in the Metro. I really could see it. Second. I could see wow. it. Wow. I just think there's a All lot right. of issues with other squads. I think the Islanders will kind of run away with the division. This yeah. year, I think they're going to be really strong and really big, big Z coming along, coming back to Long Island. People are people are like, "Why do you care?" I was like, "It matters. It just care? does." It's a legendary defenseman going back to where he started his career, and he's going to be able to help them. <laughs> like, yeah, there's no that's, doubt about it. <laughs> that's the thing that honestly, again, just makes me so mad. Yeah, it's, it's not just that it's Zdeno. It's not that it's just Zdeno Chara, and that. Everyone's like, oh, he's 44. It's like, yeah, that's the thing. He's yeah, Tom good. Brady's 44, okay? Yeah. I know, no, I know. And he, I mean, he, I, I've been looking at his stats all week. He was, he competed in 55 of 56 games last season at like, he, he, at 44 years old. And he had, I think, uh, 11 20 plus minute nights. So, like, you know, like, that's not bad. It's not like they're going to shelter him. No, I think they will a little bit. Sure. Well, you. Bit. 
not, I, not not to not to age you here, but I'm also pretty sure you weren't born I in 1996. I was not. Okay, good, fantastic. <laughs> yeah, neither was Barzell or Beauvillier or, or Wallstrom. Or, or, or half guys. the Rangers starting yeah, night. Or, opening yeah, night lineup. not even not even not even taking in the Rangers. Absolutely crazy. But yeah, <laughs> uh, it'll be a, an interesting scenario. Hey, I guess this is my final question. Uh, All right. Do you do you expect it to be kind of chippy? Night one, Rangers, Rangers, Islanders in the preseason. Oh, absolutely! I think so. I think no matter what, I think the I think the Rangers are on a mission to show that they can't be pushed around anymore. So stupid. If that, was a, if that, was, if that wasn't apparent uh, of, uh, of the off season, I think oh, that the uh, the line is set over under six and a half fights on opening night. <laughs> oh yeah, I know, I know. If Larry and I were talking about it, Larry and I, like we're getting drinks in in DC before that game because we're going to need them. <laughs> that's, that's all I know. That's uh, we're getting drinks. Yeah. And we're doing a drink up, so we'll be very. Yeah, we, we're, we're we're renting out a bar because yeah we feel the exact because same. opening night against the capitals that's why no better way molly can't thank you enough want to plug what you do sure uh i you can find me on twitter molly walker two e's two r's and you can listen to our podcast hey. up in the blue seats uh with the great ron duguay there's never short of anything interesting uh on that podcast so yeah that's it Fun times. Thank you, Molly. We're actually going to end the show, too. You can follow me on Twitter at Orion Media. You can follow Greg at Blue Shirts Break. We'll be back later this week. Let's thank our supporters. Love you guys. Okay, and this is the part of the show where I thank our offer sheet clubs, our NHL insiders. I'm recording on the road today, so please excuse this click noise. Uh, I'm in a closet. Very fun. I'm going to thank all of you now because we couldn't do the show without you. And so much so, I hope we get to meet some of you on October 13th. The night we have a drink up watching the Washington Capitals fight the New York, I mean, play hockey against the New York Rangers. Okay. Adam Cassidy, Adam Cohen, Adam Teach. I forget. Adam, Adam, I'm so sorry. I I know you actually sent me your name and my brain is doing that thing where I blank. You know who I am, right? I will get it right next week. I promise. Alex Gardner, Alexander, Amber Cohensberger, Ben Waters, Ben Weber, Biggies Malone, Brian Doyle, Broadway, Boucher, Bleeder, Chris Vanelli, CJ Stellwagen, Daniel, Day. I always, it's it's a French name. I know it's a, it's Dezen, but it's got a J and doesn't make any sense to me. David Nairn, David Siegel, Dennis Dites, Eric Stagg. Love you, Eric. I know it's been a while since we've talked. Just want to let you know I love you. George, I also love you. Gar- give Gartner a cup. Jake Berkowitz, JD, Jimmy Mack, Capo Caco, Praise B, Chris from Florida, Christoph Berg, Kyle Franklin, Lazik Gronkowski, legend in the chat, Lucas K, Matthew Kine, an actual legend uh, everywhere I've gone. Uh, Matthew has done some incredible things. Uh, Pavel Kodurev, Stephen Lomayer, Stig Bulbach, Swingart, the drop BK, Tom, oh, it's Tom, so it's Tom sent me his name too. It's like sick, Clary. I don't think that's right at all. <laughs> that's really bad. I'm leaving it, Tom. I'm leaving it. Tommy O'Neill, Tori from Manhattan, our oldest supporter in terms of how long they've been supporting us. Vinny Bracco, Vinny Hay, and Will Spector. Cannot thank these people enough. Cannot wait to give some insider tips as we go through the season to them. And let them know all the dumb shit I'm hearing. Thanks, everybody, for listening to the podcast. It's been a weird couple weeks for me. A lot going on in the background of my life. And Greg, too, I'm sure. Uh, So I'm super excited for Ranger season to get here. I'm super excited to put my efforts towards what is sure to be a wild season. And I can't wait to share it all with you. We'll be back later this week with BSBOT. You You know the drill. We love you guys. Bye. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. This is your invitation to the intersection of versatility and design. Experience the empowering feeling of the Lexus SUVs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Get $750 cash towards the lease of our 2024 NX350 all-wheel drive. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Call 1-800-USA-LEXUS for important lease cash offer and pricing details. Restrictions apply. Not all customers will qualify. Offer available in the Lexus Eastern area in April 1st, 2024.